What's new at Cold Wax Academy? As Rebecca and Jerry reach the end of their third year of live sessions, they are launching a new phase of programming aimed at reviewing and reinforcing foundation topics, beginning with color in their summer quarter that ends on July 5th. This summer sessions will also include mentoring and professional development topics, as well as a painting clinic and a member critique. As always, members of Cold Wax Academy have unlimited streaming and access to over 100 previously recorded sessions, and a table of contents to easily find specific topics in the recordings will soon be available. For more information and to join Cold Wax Academy, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about more than one direction. In the interest of having a consistent style, artists are generally advised to stick to one type of work, both in the studio and when exhibiting. But many artists are experimental, curious, and explore more than one direction, so this advice can seem too restrictive. In our last episode, we touched briefly on the idea that a range of the same artist's work can be promoted effectively if done with consideration. If you have more than one direction, you may have questions about how you can best present your work when exhibiting or in other situations, and today we will address those concerns. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so this topic came up um, last week when I was talking about the fact that my own work has more than one direction um, in that I was doing those uh, small water-based mixed-media work on paper when I was on residency in Ireland and before that in Portugal. And that is quite different than what I normally do in the studio, the, the large layered oil and wax paintings on panels. So, um, and the fact that right now I am preparing for an exhibit this summer, and so it kind of came up, well, how does this work uh, fit together? Could I potentially exhibit it together? And there's, that's, you know, my personal situation, but I think in a broader sense, um, thinking about what works together uh, on different levels, like visually, does it does it relate somehow? Is there is it an interesting combination of work? Do the do the works that you would want to show together that have some different directions? Do they sort of talk to each other? You know, is there something um, interesting about comparing them or seeing similarities in them? And so there's all those aesthetic concerns. And there's also, if you're working with a commercial gallery as I am, they have their say. It, it is a business and they have opinions about how the work will sell and whether it, was, whether it will sell or whether it would affect any sales. And if you're totally in control of an exhibit, if you're exhibiting in a non-commercial space or in your own gallery or studio, then you know, those aesthetic current concerns are the main issue. Uh, if it's, you know, a situation where there's marketing involved that affects another person, then I think 
that's a different uh, thing. And I, I, I mean, obviously, I, as I mentioned last time, I will need to consult with my gallery about whether to put any of this work in the show. Um, and we'll see what happens with that. But that's one one situation. And one of the things I want to talk about today is the fact that many people do pursue more than one direction. And there's no reason to hide that. But I think the way that it's presented, the situations in which you let that come to the fore are things to think about. And they're different in different situations. So um, we'll get into that in a bit. I guess to just start out, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of good things about working in one direction. I mean, when when uh, you say in the introduction, well, a lot of artists are curious, experimental. They have a lot of ideas. And so, you know, there's if someone says, uh, well, you can't do all these different things, it's going to feel uh, restrictive or held back. And that that's not necessarily a good thing. And I, I've talked to plenty of artists who have more than one thing that they're, they're working on. Um, but I think when, when you look at the body of your work, all your work together, and you're trying to see what are the connections if you do have these different directions, that's, that's important as an artist to it's kind of what we were talking about last week, to kind of feel out what what are those connections. They will be there. It's all done by the same hand. And they're not going to be so different that there's no connection at all. Um, in my own case, it all comes from a visual vocabulary that's based on nature, natural forms, being out in nature, observing nature. So that's that's this basic source idea that's that unites this work it's all very abstract but that's where the ideas come from and when i work in different media i'm responding to that medium and that's one of the main reasons that the work looks different i mean that these small pieces are spontaneous they have a certain structural quality that a lot of my other work doesn't have um and it's they're very direct and that's so there's these differences that have to do simply with what are the materials I'm using to make these things. And that's what's exciting to me is I could take the same basic me, my basic intentions and ideas and see, oh, how do they look in, you know, in these materials and gouache and and ink and how do they look in cold wax medium? And that is an exciting thing for an artist and motivating thing. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot it depends on just just kind of your your own uh, personality or your style of working. Um, I, I personally, I'm somebody who needs to have uh, like a bunch of different projects and things going on in a bunch of different areas and different directions, and I I become more effective when I can kind of switch between a few different things. Like I, I get bored with something and then I work on something else and then I get bored with that and I work on something else. And some people require that that kind of singular focus, you know, and then they can get really, really into, uh, you know, a single way of working and, mm -hmm. and that's powerful. You can get you can get some incredible results doing that, but not everybody works that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's quite individual and it, it's 
some people are very stimulated. Some artists um, are very stimulated by other people's artwork or by any experience going to a museum or anything, and they leave with all these ideas they want to try. And, you know, that's that's exciting and certainly understandable. And I just, I feel like that's basically a positive thing that, that shouldn't be shut down. But what what seems to be a sort of a grounding idea for me is that that a person does have one main focus and that's how it works for me and and that's how i see it working well for other people is that part of your work that helps you go deeply in <laughs> as you said when you're really focused and you're really investigating one thing it does develop and grow in a, in a and mature in a way that doesn't happen if you're bouncing around a lot and when you have the the thing that seems most important to you and in my case it's the really developed oil and cold wax paintings that's good for your sense of yourself as an artist it's good for being able to talk about your work explain what you do um, investigate your ideas, all those things that create, you know, a, a well-developed, mature artist. And I, I also think you could have those other things going on. And at the same time, understanding you're probably going to be, I guess I would use the word pigeonholed or recognized for the main thing that you do. And that may at times feel a little irritating because if you do another type of work you're also serious about that you're also very interested in that and um so you but you can sort of just expect that people don't quite get that they think of you as a certain type of artist and this other thing they may not even really be aware of or have any understanding of so when you have that main thing it does give your audience something to grab onto, to, to recognize your work, to be able to mention your work, talk about your work. And it also, as I said, it really helps you grow as an artist to have that main focus. Um, and then you just sort of expect that people don't quite get the other stuff unless they really ask. I noticed with the the water-based media stuff that I've done that a number of people said, well, wait, there's no cold wax medium or oil there. It's something else. <laughs> like, I'm not sure I quite get what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen this happen, you know, when people do um, sculpture, they may do like 3D work alongside 2D work or something like that. And somebody said, well, you know, what, what's this other stuff? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so it just, it just takes another effort for the audience, the people that are responding to your work. It takes a little extra step for them to get into this thing that they are not as familiar with, or they don't associate with you. And, you know, you just sort of accept that if, you, if you're going to pursue more than one thing. So I guess I, I, I touched a little bit on you know, the motivation for, for having more than one thing going on. It's it's just like different energy, different insights. It's it's a kind of a, a freshness to your energy when you're when you're working in more than one way. Um 
in strictly marketing terms, um, practical things, if, if, for example, you work in a small format and a big format, you have different price points. Your work is available at different uh, <clears throat> prices for people, and that's advantageous. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just uh, exciting. I don't know. Um, and, and the ways that that might look would be you might work in different media. It, as I do, you might, as I just mentioned, work both 2D and 3D. You might work both in a more pure, abs purely abstract way and a more representational way. Um, you might work with different subject matter. Let's say you are um, a representational painter, you may work with a figure and you may work with landscape. Equally uh, interesting to you, or maybe, uh, as I was suggesting earlier, if there's one of those that really pulls you more, that is probably what you would be more associated with. Um, but exploring other things as well. Um, so when you when you produce some work that's in in a, a different style or with with uh, using different techniques or something like that, do you do you put it up on social media or is it just kind of for mm -hmm. your benefit? I do, and I'm going to talk about the different um, venues or ways that you present your work and how that might be different. Um, it's not it's not across the board that I would always show the different kinds of work that I do. And, and my advice is to, to consider the audience for, for each of the ways that your work is going to be seen. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go into some detail about that in a bit, but I, I do, I look at social media as uh, kind of a snapshot of where a person is at, what they're doing. And, for me, that does include this other work. And especially if I'm at a residency and that's what I'm doing, it seems uh, important to show that's what's happening, you know? Right. Um, do, you, do you feel like you get more people looking at work that's a little bit different? Or do you, do you think that it, when it's a departure from your kind of your current work, uh, people express less interest? I think, I think they express less interest. I mean, I, okay. I'm just basing that on, uh, say my Instagram account, where some of the oil and and wax paintings will get um, you know over a thousand people liking, many comments, etc. The smaller work, some of it gets quite a bit of attention, but overall, not as much. About half as much, I would say. And you know, I always caution against putting too much um, credit on how many likes or comments a person gets on social media. But I think there is a trend that you can see. And, and when you bring that up, I say, yeah, I see that trend. I, I put up a small work on paper and it does not get the same amount of attention. Okay. But that doesn't stop me from doing it. <laughs> right, yeah, you know, and, and it shouldn't. It's, it's, it's part of the big picture, you know. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting to me. Uh, you know, yeah. so from, from some point of view, variety is the spice of life, and, and people are attracted to you personally, and they're interested in what you're doing personally. But from another perspective, it's, you know, this is, this is not on brand, and so people are not going not to Not on brand. That. Well, yeah, that branding word is, is one that we have. I know you hate that we word. We have skirted around that. <laughs> one in the past <laughs> but I think in a really broad sense it does describe something that's 
it's a little hard to put your finger on, but you could call it style, you could call it different things, but whatever visually people associate with your work, um, in this case, we can call it a brand, I think, without being too obnoxious about it. <laughs> and uh, I guess I guess where it might feel a little sticky to me was if you felt like you had to quote-unquote brand yourself with a certain type of work only and that's that's kind of what a lot of advice uh points towards in in art marketing and art business that you do have um that you brand yourself in a certain way and then these other things that you might pursue would seem off track and i think if you sort of i guess what i would like to do for myself is avoid too much of a strong brand and say, I'm an artist exploring different things. And I'm most of my work is in this one category, but I also am interested in other things. And I, I don't want too many of those other things either for myself is one or two things, because I want enough time to focus on whatever the, the one or two other things are to feel to me to be worthwhile to, to get somewhere with it. Like I don't personally like being really scattered about it. So some things just go on the back burner. And right now that's kind of printmaking, exploring encaustic a little bit. Um, I feel like, well, their time will come, you know, it's not right now. And I think, I think two things is about all that I can handle but that's me, and other people are different. Yeah, and we, we have also talked in the past about kind of the dangers of being uh, led entirely by you know your your social media clicks or mm -hmm. uh, you know the or or art sales even um, yeah rather than being guided by uh, you know your own uh, personal drive to produce art and to explore and to to dive into things. Uh, that that you're excited about. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's important. And, and finding that place where you're not so scattered that nothing is going deep. You know, you, you're not so scattered that everything is a bit superficial, but you are finding ways to pursue the things that really do interest you and and managing your time in a way that you can have time for those things as well as whatever is, you know, really your main focus uh, and that it just takes some self-awareness I would say to know what what seems to be on track for you and and if they are if these various things are coming from uh, a deeper source inside you and they're just different branches of the same idea then one does feed the other um, it may not be obvious uh, we talked about this last time I'm not really clear right now how this small work feeds the bigger work but I know it probably does and it's there's some inner thing going on because there is that connection so if you if you leap into something it really seems to have no connection um you know I would I would question how much time to spend with that unless it starts to take hold and you see it so there's no right answers here <laughs> Let's take a quick minute to talk about what deals are available from Blick. Right now, Blick Premier wood panels are 40 to 65% off list price. 
Prized for their strength, stability, and perfect smoothness, hardwood panels have been a popular painting support since the 14th century. For today's artist, Blick is pleased to offer the Premier Wood Panels, among the best quality you can find on the market, and like all Blick products, a terrific value. They feature a premium select 4mm solid basswood surface, braced by a solid basswood cradle. Blick has chosen basswood for its fine, uniform characteristics, limited wood grain, and proven stability over time. Each panel is precision-crafted, meticulously sanded on all sides, and ready to prime with the ground of your choice. Because of their rigidity and resistance to bowing, Blick Premier wood panels are a popular support for heavy paint applications and encaustics, as well as cold wax medium. They are also great for mounting photos, paper, prints, fabric, and more, and are backed by Blick's 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your Blick Premier wood panels at 40 to 65% off list price, please use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast, which makes a huge difference in our lives. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. Let's get back into the show. Okay, so I wanted to spend the uh, second half of the podcast talking about um, this question that people have if they are someone who pursues more than one direction. And we kind of gone through some of the, the reasons why people do, how they do it, etc. Um, okay, let's say you have several different types of work. What do you do with them? And I think first, um, looking at that, looking at those types of work that you do, and just before the break, I mentioned finding connections, understanding if this work is coming from a basic uh, similar source inside of you, inside of, uh, in the sense of what you like to look at, what are you interested, what affects you, that's probably where you're going to see that basic, that basic connection going on. So if you're examining your work as objectively as you can, and you ask yourself, does this type of work relate to this other type of work? And if you feel that it does, then, and there's a sense that it is, someone looking at it would, would get that it was by the same artist. There's, there's enough commonalities there. There's something about the aesthetics or the sensibility of the artist that comes through, uh, similar use of visual elements. There's something that someone would recognize as being connected. And all of that does give a consistency to your overall work, even if the different approaches that you use look pretty different visually. Maybe they have um, a different media involved or a different type of style or approach involved. So that's, that's kind of a, you know, it's a gray area. You have to kind of be sensitive to what those connections might be. And if, if you do sense that, then I think there's an opportunity that the different kinds of work can if they, if they were to hang in the same show, there might be an interesting conversation. There would be some relationship between the work that would spark interest and, and people would look from one type to the other and say, what are the connections? Um, there's some basis for comparison. It's not like a show with apples and oranges, that old cliche. <laughs> you know, There's something there that connects them. And 
If so, and you know, it shows that your basic ideas are consistent. You're exploring different directions, but it's coming from the same place. And I think that's a really healthy, good thing. And in that case, um, it may not hurt your sales or your opportunities for people to see these different directions. I mean, people, many people will be interested in the fact that you work in more than one way. I mean, we were just talking about social media responses. Um, maybe it's a little bit different when people actually come to an exhibit. Social media is such a, you know, momentarily momentary click, you know, it's caught my eye somehow, whereas somebody would really follow your work and go to your exhibits, um, go to your website, they might, they might find this very appealing that you're exploring in this way. So on the other hand, if you look at your work, and you just sense, there isn't really a good connection here. Um, and so there's different reasons why that might be. Um, and one of the things is that you might recognize you're working for different audiences with different bodies of work. Like, for example, a lot of artists that are very interested in abstraction and starting to explore it or develop it have had um, a market for their more realistic work, and they're not necessarily abandoning that market. Um, and so they're continuing to produce uh, realism, and and you know I would assume also still very interested in it if they're doing it. At the same time, you know, very excited about the idea of moving away from that um, degree of representation. So, to me, that's fine as long as it's kind of clear in your mind what's going on. Um, to to gain some clarity, to not be confused about is it okay if I do this? Should I be doing that? I mean, I see a lot of this sort of quandary going on when I work with people who are kind of in that zone of of changing. Um, you might also see two two or more distinct bodies of work because you work with a gallery that is only interested in one type, and again, that has to do with the audience. Um, and, and again, it's, it's okay if you have a clarity about that. But if you're looking at your work and it just really seems scattered, and this is a problem, you know, I, I know it is um, when there's not enough time to really delve into things, there's not enough focus. And so if you look at your work and you know that it's really scattered and you know that inside, um, you haven't quite figured out where you're going, what are your basic ideas, your intentions. And you may have all these different directions because nothing has been very developed. And and I think that's perfectly fine if you're getting started. Um you're getting you're gathering ideas, you're trying to understand what what's happening in your work. But to understand how that's going to affect you presenting it in different situations is, is kind of what I want to get into. I feel that it's best to have consistency in one type of work before you approach a gallery, uh, for instance, or anything that, um, any any opportunity that says, show us 20 slides of your work. <laughs> um, and that could be a grant, a gallery, some other opportunity, a commission. In that case, when they are requesting a number of images, then consistency is important and development is important because that's 
that's what those situations are looking for. So I have a few more examples of situations um, where you would be faced with a decision of whether to show your different directions together or keep them isolated. And each of these has kind of a different reason or consideration. Um, websites are one. Um, so when someone goes to your website, they want to see, I believe, they want to see, they want to sense that all this work is done by the same artist. And it can be pretty diverse, but a lot depends on how you structure it within the website. And I'm not going to go into this at a, at a big length because we've talked about websites before. But if you look at your work and you have distinct bodies of work and you feel like they're all at a level, they're all things that you want to show, I would separate them in some way by series, um, by perhaps by media categories. A lot of people do that. You'll go to a website and see you know, watercolors and um, oil paintings. That's okay. Uh, I would also include something on that page to say how you feel about that medium. Why do you, why do you like to work in oil paint? Why do you like to work in watercolor if you're separating them that way? Um, because that's interesting to people and it helps explain why your work might, might look different in these different bodies of work. Um, another thing we've kind of already touched on is uh, you have an exhibit coming up and it's a bit different if a gallery is going to kind of dictate whether they want more than one type of work in there. But sometimes you, you do have that opportunity to make that choice yourself. And so then you're, I would say, no more than two different directions in an exhibit. And you know, it might work really well if it was 2D and 3D or, uh, say, drawing and oil painting and, you know, something that's different enough but related so that people could um, see that back and forth, you know, see, get some insight into how your mind works and kind of a, you know, point and counterpoint kind of thing. That can really be engaging. And I've seen exhibits like that. And um, people often love to see like quicker work and more developed work together because it shows kind of your stages of how you look at things um, and how you develop your work. So um, exhibits kind of, it's, there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, you know, it's, it is no one size fits all for that. But just, those are just things to kind of think about. Um, so another category would be you're applying for something and, you know, mentioned like maybe a grant, maybe a commission, maybe a residency program. In those situations, a lot of times your work is viewed pretty quickly because there's going to be a lot of applicants. And um, I've said I have had the opportunity in the past to sit in on uh, a situation where people were being chosen for a grant. I could see how quickly the committee went through the, the images. So in that case, you, you have one chance to make an impression. And even if they're looking at several of your pieces, if they're all different, you're going to lose that opportunity to make an impact. So I would say, uh, in that situation, choose your most impactful work in the same body of work. Um, another 
situation that might come up is you have the opportunity to give a slide talk about your work or talk about your work to, to a group. Um, if you have enough time and it's, you know, enough, uh, maybe half an hour or more, it would, I think it's really interesting and appropriate to talk about things, your different interests that you have either now or in the past. And it's in that situation, you have your, you have the limelight to talk about how you develop your ideas. And so whatever of your work fits in there, I would say is just fine. Um, just a couple more quick things. Um, if you have an open studio, like a studio sale, studio tour, and this is basically a marketing situation. And so knowing your audience, will you have people that really just want small, um, quickly done things? Will you have people interested in more developed work? Do you want to get some of your older inventory out of the studio, you can mix and match however you want. I mean, I, I think people expect that type of situation to be a range of things. And it's interesting that way, you know, to see, oh, this is an older painting. And um, so that that's very free form. I think that's just kind of whatever you feel will be advantageous and interest people. Um, and just a little bit more about social media. It is really up to you how you curate your social media, but especially with Instagram, you have your profile page. And to me, you look at all those squares, <laughs> look at the person's profile picture, and there's rows and rows of squares um, underneath that. And to me, that is like a portfolio. And I think it can handle a couple of different directions, two or three, but a lot more than that could really be visually confusing. And I've seen a lot of accounts like that. When I go to someone's Instagram account, it's, it's, there's an immediate impact when you look at how things are presented. And if you, if you can sense connections between the work, I think that's a good thing. Um, a little variety is also great. I mean, if everything looks the same, that can cause someone to turn away as well. So... Uh, we talked earlier, social media can be a time to say, I've been experimenting with this. Show your curiosity, show you know what you're exploring. Um, Facebook is a little different because you don't get that full-on impact of all those images at once. I guess that's the distinction I'm trying to make. Whereas opening someone's Instagram account is, you know, you get an impact right away from seeing all of their stuff together. Have you ever considered uh, using multiple accounts or different platforms in order to to display certain aspects of your work in a more targeted way or to kind of com compartmentalize things uh, for instance maybe you would use a a specific platform or a specific account for as as, as more like a travel blog you mm. know and and you in in and you might present some of the work that you're doing you know with your travel mm. Um, but, uh, but, but keep that kind of separate from, you know, you, you said your Instagram account is more of kind of like a professional portfolio. So well, I, that's an I'm not sure if that's anything you've ever considered, but it's just oh, something I wanted to bring up. It's an interesting idea. I, I haven't really, um, I guess I think it's actually probably a good idea. I, I, I sort of cringe at the idea of spending more time organizing things right. on social media. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you at all. But but I, I think that's something to think about for, for anybody listening. Um, 
to compartmentalize things and um, well, and I think particularly if you have if you have two or more styles of work that are radically different, you know, if you if you have a an abstract, you know, uh, painting mm. practice, and you also have a uh, a, a, a pottery business or, or something like that, you, mm-hmm. you, you have something that that is they're they're really entirely separate. Yeah, I get it. I think that makes sense. Um, and and they would be connected accounts. So if somebody did want to look back and forth, they could. Um, right, and you could you could uh, you know promote cross promote them. Say exactly. hey, you know, yeah. if, if you weren't aware, I also have this practice. Check it out, or I also do this other thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. Well, do you have any other final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Oh, I guess to kind of summarize, I don't think there's an easy answer when you know you you get this advice about stick to one thing. And and for many people, their own inclinations, their motivations, their energies say otherwise. They say, no, I don't want to stick to one thing. So really giving some thought to what you're doing with that, I think is a good idea. Having some clarity about it. What are the connections? Um, how would this work be seen together or, or not? How to deal with exhibits, with websites, social media, possibly in different ways with the different bodies of work. And, you know, just kind of being smart about how you present this aspect of yourself as an artist, which can be a really positive thing. And I will say, as long as you're able to give these two or three directions the kind of focus to develop them so that they are presentable bodies of work. If they are, then um, really thinking about how and where it works to put them together. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.